The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I mean, the fact of the matter is there's probably nothing of any value on that CD to our investigation. Behold this image, gentlemen and lady. We are witness to a stunning event, the turning point in human history. The moment we knew we were not alone. For who can deny that this is an alien spacecraft? It does kind of look like one. Yeah, but this image, I mean, it's got to be doctored. Right, Becky? I don't know. Well... What are you saying? Are you saying you think that this is real? Well, it doesn't look doctored. Okay, just for clarity, so we know later who said what, you are conceding that it is a possibility that this is an alien spaceship. What I am saying is that we now know what these agents were after. That close. And as far as I'm concerned, let a higher pay grade deal with it. Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, June the 10th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Well, it's certainly one of the oddest of issues to be discussing in the middle of a global lockdown pandemic, and it's an issue that we last discussed on the show way back on May 13, 2010. And I am, of course, talking about the fascinating subject of UFOs, unidentified flying objects. And at that time, we discussed some of the basic issues surrounding UFO sightings, including a discussion of what happened at Roswell, a personal account of a UFO sighting by Robert Vaughn, and warnings to beware of E.T. that were being sounded by none other than the late Stephen Hawking. And of course, there's always the really big question, where's the evidence? And that's a question that still begs asking to this very day. But the bigger question now is why have UFOs suddenly appeared back on our radar? pardon the pun, at this particular time. Well, that's just one of the mysteries we'll delve into right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archive broadcasts. And as you know, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. So I don't know if you've heard the news, but apparently the U.S. Pentagon is about to release information regarding what it knows about UFOs, unidentified flying objects to you and I, but which are referred to officially as UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, to those more intimately involved with the issue. 
And in particular, the current UFOs that are being discussed have been called Tic Tacs, something that is explained in this December 21, 2019 article that appeared in the National Post with the headline, It is just what we call a UFO. U.S. Navy pilot who witnessed something strange over Pacific in 2004 breaks silence. Written by James McLeod, I quote, It wasn't a bird, it wasn't a plane, it was definitely a UFO. Fifteen years after U.S. Navy pilot Chad Underwood filmed something strange over the Pacific Ocean, he broke his silence in an interview with New York Magazine. The video that Underwood captured from the radar pod of his F.A. 18 Super Hornet has been featured by the New York Times and it confirms another sighting by a different pilot earlier the same day. They call the object that they saw the Tic Tac because it appeared to be about 40 feet long and a white oblong shape hovering above the Pacific off the coast of Mexico. It's just what we call a UFO. I couldn't identify it. It was flying and it was an object. It's as simple as that, Underwood said. For starters, Underwood doesn't believe it was a bird. You don't see birds at 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 feet. That's just not how birds operate, he said. And it probably wasn't some sort of top-secret test aircraft because someone in the military would have just told him that it was the case. Someone from NORAD phoned the USS Nimitz immediately after the sighting to get an account of what Underwood saw. You know, I've got top-secret clearance with a ton of special project clearances, so it's not like I wasn't cleared to know. But as I'm sure you found in your research, to have clearance to know something, you have to have both the clearance that it's elevated to, and you have to have the quote-unquote need to know. And clearly, whatever it was, if it was a government project, I did not need to know. The incident was sufficiently serious that the military also spent two weeks trying to figure out what Underwood saw, including recalibrating the radar system to make sure it was working properly. The thing that stood out to me the most was how erratic it was behaving. And what I mean by erratic is that its changes in altitude, airspeed, and aspect were just unlike things that I've ever encountered before flying against other air targets, Underwood told the magazine. Because aircraft, whether they're manned or unmanned, still have to obey the laws of physics. They have to have some source of lift, some source of propulsion. The Tic Tac was not doing that. It was going from like 50,000 feet to, you know, 100 feet in like seconds, which is not possible. If it was obeying physics like a normal object that you could encounter in the sky, an aircraft or a cruise missile, or some sort of special project that the government didn't tell you about, that would have made more sense to me. The part that drew our attention was how it wasn't behaving within the normal law of physics. This year has been a big year for UFO stuff. In May, the New York Times reported on objects observed by Navy pilots, including one incident in 2014 where a super hornet nearly hit something. That report built on a 2017 story about the Pentagon's secretive advanced aerospace threat identification program, which analyzes UFO sightings. And then in September, the Times reported on the work of former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLong, who quit the band to become a UFO researcher. It was DeLong's work in part that apparently caused the U.S. military to acknowledge several objects caught on film that cannot be identified flying objects. 
We've been waiting around as scholars and researchers on the subject for many decades and hoping to God that one day the government would come out and acknowledge what this is, DeLong told the newspaper, end quote. Well, it sounds like that day is slowly approaching. So that story broke in December 2019, and here we are in June 2021, where we find, on this side of our upcoming bumper, Fox News' Tucker Carlson in conversation with former Pentagon official Lou Elizondo. By the end of this month, by law, the Pentagon is required to tell the public what it knows about UFOs. We're hearing the report is coming out on or about June 25th. Yesterday, someone at the Pentagon gave an early read on the report to the New York Times. In that story, we learned the Pentagon cannot say that UFOs are from a different solar system, but they can't say they're not. They can't say they're from China or Russia, but they can't say they're not. Doesn't sound like they can say much of anything. Lou Elizondo is a longtime Pentagon official. For years, he oversaw investigations at the U.S. government into UFOs. He's left now. He and his organization, Skyford, have obtained a government document that proves the advanced Tic Tac UFO has been tracked by American military intel services for at least 70 years. That's much earlier than we thought. Lou Elizondo joins us tonight. Lou, thanks so much for coming on. Tucker, um, always a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask you about this document of first before I ask you about the, the upcoming report. What is, the, what is this document you've obtained show us? Well, this is a document that was obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, and it demonstrates quite clearly that we have had issues with these, if you will, these UAPs or UFOs in the vernacular for, for at least 70 years, at least since 1950, probably earlier. And this is official U.S. government correspondence. This isn't some eyewitness report from, from a civilian. This is official government documentation from military personnel to very senior military brass. And what it says is very quite compelling that, look, we've had a lot of military and intelligence eyewitnesses to include special agents uh, and scientists, and all of them are seeing these things. And more importantly, the frequency uh, has occurred on a regular and continu continuing basis over sensitive uh, U.S. military facilities. And this has been occurring, Tucker, again, since 1950, uh, according to official U.S. government documentation. So, so think about that for a minute when we talk about that on the backdrop of this, this recent revelation that the U.S. government has finally admitted that this is not some sort of secret U.S. technology. Well, okay, that's great. We already knew that. But now there is some wiggle room to say, well, maybe it's some sort of foreign adversarial technology. Well, here's the problem with that theory, because we know that the Russians, after the, after the Berlin Wall came down, they shared a lot of information with us. There was this five-year period or so, this, this new romance between us and Russia, where they shared a lot of their UFO information with us. And by the way, they were seeing exactly the same thing in their skies that we were. So, so we're sure it's, it's not Russian. So then really the only other, other country that could possibly be would maybe be China. Well, let's look at that for a second, Tucker, because you're talking about a country that for somehow for 70 years has kept this technology that was at least a thousand years ahead of us, kept it secret, was able to employ it against us all the way back in 1950. By the way, this is the same country that steals billions of dollars worth of our technology each year, trying to keep a competitive advantage to this day with our country. Now, does, does that make a whole lot of sense to you? No, 
No. I mean, there were famines in China 70 years ago. Quickly, there, there seems to be some connection, anecdotally there is, between these objects and nuclear reactors, nuclear warheads, nuclear-powered vehicles, submarines and warships. We didn't get nuclear technology, of course, until the end of the Second World War, 44, 45. We had airplanes. We had an Army Air Corps going back to the First World War. Were there sightings of these before the United States possessed nuclear technology? There were anecdotal sightings, but really there seems to be a significant uptick. Once the United States and other countries really entered into, into the atomic age, we began to see a, an increased uptick, what appeared to be some sort of reconnaissance or surveillance of our nuclear technology, uh, our nuclear development, uh, whether it's power or propulsion or weapon systems and related technology. Yeah. That's just, a, it's amazing. It's a tantalizing suggestion. I'm not sure what it means, but I think it's interesting as hell. Lou Elizondo, I appreciate your coming on tonight. I hope we see you soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Tucker. Immediately following the death of Nikola Tesla, Dr. John Trump an electrical engineer with the National Defense Research Committee of the Office of Scientific Research and Development, and interestingly, President Donald Trump's uncle, was called in to analyze the Tesla papers. After only three days, John Trump officially concluded that Tesla's work was primarily speculative and did not include workable methods. We are then told that most of Tesla's papers disappeared but his work most definitely quietly continued. Heavily funded military projects studying the Tesla particle beam are reported, but more interesting than that is the mystery of systems in rotation, spin. Although everything down to the electron seems to be spinning, there is no official study on the science of spin or rotation. But there are fragments and clues that suggest major governments have been secretly studying the science of rotation ever since World War II, calling it hyperdimensional physics or torsion physics. Bruce De Palma's spinning ball experiment from 1977 is simple enough for anyone to repeat. Two steel balls are repeatedly launched with equal force. One is spinning, the other is not. The spinning ball consistently flies higher and falls faster than the other. This is in direct violation of both Newton's laws and Einstein's relativity. Modern science cannot account for this energy. The top secret so-called Nazi Bell project allegedly involved two counter-rotating cylinders and produced anti-gravity UFO-like effects. And now, the U.S. Navy appears to be going public with this science. They claim to control inventions that change the fabric of reality. A mysterious Dr. Salvatore Cesar Paez has filed four patents of which the U.S. Navy is the assignee. They appear to be technology for what we would popularly describe as UFOs. And they are all based upon harvesting energy from the spinning of electromagnetic fields. These patents look very similar to what whistleblowers claim have been in production for years by weapons manufacturers such as Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. The same UFO-like craft 
that whistleblowers claim are being prepared to stage a fake alien invasion. After decades of deep misinformation, secrecy, and corruption, why bring this powerful technology out into the open today? The chief technical officer of the Naval Aviation Enterprise claims that the U.S. needs these patents because the Chinese are already investing significantly in these technologies. So are they rolling all this out into the public to prepare us for a space-age war with China? The subtext to all this, of course, is that there is no energy crisis, only more lies and deceit. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. It was hard not to notice that each of the accounts we just heard before and after the bumper were not necessarily consistent with one another. On the one hand, the implication is that the UFOs are not U.S. secret technology, while on the other, it sure sounds like the UFOs are some kind of secret technology. And you know, I couldn't help but recall Donald Trump's announcement in one of his first speeches given as president-elect that he would be forming a space force of some sort, and now to learn that Trump's own uncle had acquired Nikola Tesla's work on particle beam physics and torsion physics, dealing with systems in rotation and spin, I really don't know what to expect, if anything, from the upcoming Pentagon announcements. And I'm certainly not in any informed enough position to comment on the particulars of harvesting energy from the spinning of electromagnetic fields, or about the phenomenon of spinning balls violating both Newton's laws and Einstein's theory of relativity. But I do know that spinning a frisbee will keep it aloft a lot longer than simply tossing it without a spin. However, I think the principles on which that works are very different from anything to do with spinning electromagnetic fields. Now, I have to reserve my comments I have on any of those phenomenon for some time in the future because right now, our conversational focus is more narrowly confined to the questions of whether or not these UFOs that have been sighted for decades are evidence of alien encounters or simply evidence of man-made technology about to be applied in such a way as to change our way of life again forever. And you know, I have to confess that some of the technology we already use habitually, particularly our smartphones and entertainment and communication devices, are technologies that I never thought I'd live to see a reality in my lifetime, let alone be able to experience that technological revolution. When I was a kid, I remember the popular Dick Tracy comic strip, where he would communicate via his wristwatch, being a two-way portable communication device that employed both audio and video. You know, total fantasy, we all believed, set way too far in the future, well out of anyone's reach. But here we are. And many of you are today, listening to me on exactly such a device over numerous media platforms that weren't even envisaged in most science fiction and fantasy projections of just a few decades ago. So before the Pentagon announces whatever it has to say on the topic of UFOs, and before I add my own spin to this whole conversation, let's now continue with this May 10th, 2021 conversation between Glenn Beck, UFO investigator Christopher Mellon, and Louis Elizondo, who is the same fellow we just heard being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. So I want to make really clear and be very careful that I don't... that I don't... uh, create this atmosphere or the impression that i am a area 51 believer and you know that we've got aliens in jars and everything else um 
Maybe we do. I don't know, but I don't think so. Um, but I do want to ask, when you say you want physical materials from public and private sources, do you believe that we do have physical materials from some of these things that we have been studying that maybe we're holding back? There are uh, materials that have been provided to us and materials that have been recovered. Some of these materials have genuinely extraordinary properties. Can you give me an example sure. of what that means? Sure. So there is in any uh, metal, for example, naturally occurring element, a subset of, of the atoms that have an extra neutron, that have an isot that are an isotope. So on our planet, there's a signature. Um, iron will always have, a, say, 4% uh, of the atoms uh, in, a, in a total sample that have a... Uh, an extra neutron, say. So some of these materials have different ratios than, than anything normally normally found on Earth. So it raises the question whether or not somebody was manipulating those in a lab somewhere on Earth at great expense, or whether these materials actually came from outside the solar system formed in a different stellar uh, explosion in different solar system. Um, the level, the ability to manipulate materials at that level is one, extraordinary, and two, enables different engineering uh, processes. It can support different engineering processes and different science. Because we, I know that we have talked about uh, hyperspeeds. I can't remember what it's called, but, but how fast are they going, do we think? In some cases, it's, it's not even the top speed that's, that's so stunning as much as the acceleration itself from zero to thousands of miles per hour in, in a couple of seconds. Um, so wow. if for the case of the Tic Tac, it, the top velocity may have been five or 7,000 miles per hour, but it achieved that velocity in practically the blink of an eye. The G-force alone uh, would kill uh, anybody Absolutely. inside, at least as... We understand it. Yeah, Luis, let me let me go to you. Um, you were part of the government. You you oversaw uh, some of this uh, research, correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay, and we've been funding this research, even though the government has been denying it forever. We have been funding it forever, and now that for the very first time is coming out uh, in credible ways, and for the first time in history we have said yes these things are true why is it so remarkable that today we know that the government is is verifying these things when they have denied them since the 1930s why now what's happening what i what i speculate is that we are now at a point um where we have the technological capabilities to not only look at something but assess what it is we're looking at and what it does is paint a very compelling picture that we're dealing with technology that is beyond next generation. We're dealing with a capability that can outperform anything we have, at least conventionally speaking, uh, in our inventory. And from that perspective, one has to presume that there may be a national security threat, whether, whether it is an adversary, a foreign adversary that has leapfrogged us in technology, uh, or it's something completely different. Um, I think... So I, 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 let me stop here, and I'd like to ask both of you here. 
when you just said uh, next generation technology, this doesn't seem like the next generation. This seems like several generations past us. Is that accurate? Beyond. I'd like to hear right. from both of you. Beyond Absolutely. next generation. Absolutely. This okay. is not incremental. This is not the next generation. This is fundamentally different. Right, and if one, if if a nation had this kind of technology, um, they would be so far ahead of us. It, we 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 would, you know, we'd be like Panama versus the United States. Uh, there's just no way to. This technology is stunning, and it would not be just one vehicle. This would have to translate to all kinds of technology that would be stunning. Correct. Yeah, that's that correct. That and correct. I think from a from a DoD perspective, and and Chris can can talk to your audience a little bit more about this. But we spend billions with a B, billions of dollars each year to avoid strategic surprise. Meaning, we want right. to maintain a technological advantage over adversaries. And if there is someone or something that has this type of advancement, and by the way, going back to two thousand and four and possibly earlier, then all this time and effort and money and resources and manpower that we've put into to ensuring we remain a superpower on the global stage, uh, then you have to kind of scratch your head and say, okay, well, <laughs> maybe we're not. But at the end of the day, when you're in that type of environment, especially intelligence, and you realize that you're coming across truly something that is a paradigm shift, exponentially more capable than, than you are, then that becomes a problem. Also in that same article, People Magazine, it said that you remembered almost word for word the worst routine you, worst routine you ever did, which is unusual because people say we, we usually remember the, the better things and tend to forget Things that but don't didn't. you don't you remember that? Oh yes. Yeah. For some reason, you remember uh, something that just didn't work at all. Oh boy, I, it, it works out pretty much. I would say five to one. I mean, for every one that works, the, there are five that four that don't. Right. And uh, I did a routine on a guy who went to, uh, and it may work now because of Star Wars and all that. Yeah. Was this early in your career? No, it was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was early. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, early, I don't mean just when you were starting, but within, say, the first ten years. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. <laughs> what was the... Uh... I, I didn't know this was a quiz. I thought... Well, no, a, no. The talk show. <laughs> this oh. is a... Okay. Okay. It really doesn't matter how early or how late in my career this happened. It, it, know, it died. That, it just... I, it died. I shouldn't have interrupted okay. you. I don't want to do that. But it was a thing uh, on a guy going to... Uh, like Venus or Mars, you know, the first civilian. And he then comes back, and he's being interviewed on, uh, on his impressions of Venus or Mars. And he goes to Mars, and they ask him, are they more advanced than we are? And he said, yes, I would have to say they're, they're more advanced. And the interviewer says, how? God bless you. And the interviewer, <laughs> the interviewer says, uh, how far advanced are they? And he says, I would say... Six weeks. <laughs> six, six, seven weeks. Because I remember when I was when I was up there, they had the uh, they had the double-edged blades, and uh, 
Then when I returned, it was like six, seven weeks before we, we had the double-edged blades. And uh, that, that was one that died. <laughs> Is I think so, too, you know. Um, but when you said six or seven weeks, the audience just sat there waiting just for... Just stared. It also went on from there. It got worse. It, uh... <laughs> they, he said, well, how would you describe the, um, the, the Martian people? He said, well, I... Uh, Martian, they're very small people, by the way. He said, they're very small, and, and they only have one ear. And, uh, and a guy came up to me. We were at a cocktail party, and... Uh, uh, he asked me, could I loan him $5? So I loaned him $5. And uh, I ran into him two weeks later at the same cocktail party, and he, like, avoided me, you know. And uh, I went in to put my coat down on the bed, you know, and he was there, and he, like, avoided me. So I would say Martians are cheap, you know. <laughs> it's happening all over again. <laughs> How long did you pursue that routine? Did you keep that about in? About as long as, I, as I've done this. What, what is the old story about the fellow who goes to Mars and says the women were different physically? Remember that, Joe? No. How are they different? He says they look pretty much like women on Earth, except the bust, the breasts are on, on the back. And the fellow says, that's, that's, that's really terrible. He says, well, it's great for dancing. <laughs> If I had known that joke, I, yeah. I would have put it in. If you had known the, that, you could have put that I in would have after taken the coats six and the, weeks the advance money on the yeah. cheap stuff. Sure. <laughs> You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And what we just heard was comedian Bob Newhart in conversation with Johnny Carson on his show, broadcast way back on May 18, 1983. Wow. You know, there's something about the the twisted logic behind those Martian jokes by Bob Newhart that was not so far removed from the logic being used in a panel discussion that I want to share with you shortly. Discussions about UFOs and aliens are possibly among the most daunting epistemological challenges that you could ever find. Epistemology is, after all, at its root, all about knowledge and how knowledge is validated and how we can be relatively assured that what we know is valid and corresponds to reality. So, I'm going to reserve the bulk of my comments for the final segment of our show today, because given both the nature of the subject and the length of the following discussion itself, of which Believe it or not, I'm presenting only a small segment of the original. I thought it best to get into that conversation as quickly as possible. And so, as much as I find the subject matter itself fascinating, so too is the logic and reasoning applied to its discussion, as we are about to learn from this May 27th Daily Wire panel discussion featuring the likes of Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Candace, and Andrew Claven who, in my humble opinion, were ill-prepared to treat the subject matter seriously enough to be taken seriously. <laughs> you know, Their discomfort at even talking about an issue like UFOs was palpable and understandable given that they're trying to arrive at some kind of firm conclusion, some kind of proof, some kind of consensus about a question that was essentially unanswerable in the way that they were posing it. So let's listen in, shall we? Obviously, earth-shaking news yes. coming out of the Pentagon on 60 Minutes this last week. Matt's been covering the story since long before 60 Minutes got in on the action. Mm -hmm. There are 
unidentified aerial phenomena being observed by United States military aircraft. Apparently it's happening with uh, some uh, frequency. Uh, a task force was formed within the Pentagon to track these unidentified aerial phenomena, or as you may know them, unidentified flying objects. And now we're starting to see a lot of gun cam footage, a lot of sensor footage, mm. a lot of radar footage coming from uh, military aircraft, primarily F-18s, things that are flying over the water. And the question I have for the panel is... Look at that. Come on. Are we alone? <laughs> but so just, I think there, there are two things here. Okay, first of all, obviously we don't know exactly what that is or what those things are. And in order to, to, to come up with any kind of like probability that it's aliens, we need some background information that we don't have. We need to know, are there aliens in the universe? Mm -hmm. And how many such civilizations are there? And where are they? And what sort of technology do they have? We don't know any of that. But what that, what that tells us, first of all, is that you can't just rule out, you can't basically rule out as a possibility or even as a plausible possibility that those are aliens. Because for all we know, now, if, if we're the only intelligent civilization, even just in the galaxy, then that's definitely not an alien. Mm -hmm. um, but if, there are, if there's intelligent civilizations in all of our surrounding solar systems, let's just say, or in, the, in some of the nearest ones, then the probability goes up. So we don't know that at all. So, so we kind of have to put that to the side. And then we just look at that. We, but we've been hearing these UFO reports for a long time, for decades, really. And I think the objection that a lot of people had, including myself, is that we said, well, if, if there were actual UFOs, like alien spaceships in the sky, then we should get better evidence. Than, why is it always a farmer in Kansas that sees them? It's kind of like Bigfoot. <laughs> so why is that always the case with aliens? And that was always my objection until in the last few years, we're getting trained observers up close. There were, there were four Navy pilots who observed one of these things up close, four of them. For five minutes, they watched it. And corroborating their testimony, we have radar data and video of that one thing, this tic-tac-shaped thing that was flying around, breaking the, you know, the, the speed of sound and doing things that seem physically impossible. So that's exactly the kind of evidence that for decades we said, well, if, alien, if, if they were really UFOs, we should have that evidence. Now it's here. And so um, I, I feel like that should at least get us to reassess our original Mickey, assumption. I hate to pour water on this, okay? I've got a, f a couple other theories beyond the Martians. One is that this is foreign technology. Now you say, we've never seen technology like this. Right, I said it's foreign technology. Now, there's another possibility. Maybe it's our own technology. But Michael, you say, <laughs> the government says that it's not. I know the government would never lie to you. I know the government's always totally above board. But maybe it is our technology. Maybe this whole PR campaign is a bit of a fake out to our adversaries. But let's say it's not. Let's say we have no clue what that is up in the sky. Do the aliens exist on other planets? Is there intelligent life? I'll go even further. Is there life at all on other planets? The one argument that drives me the craziest is this one. They say, Michael, it's just, it's just probable. It's just probability. The universe is a gazillion light years across. It's so big. So it's just probable that there is life somewhere else. And I say, you know, to ascertain a probability, you need to know literally anything about the subject that you're talking about. <laughs> and when it comes to the origins of life, we, there, are a few, there are actually, I don't know, six or seven main hypotheses. There's the Miller-Urey hypothesis of the primordial soup. This was in the 50s, but the experiment didn't work out that well because they didn't have the right chemicals. Then there was the clay hypothesis that there are actually these crystal structures within clay that could form the basis of sort of organizing genetic information. But there's really no way to describe how it goes from that to nucleotides, right? So that kind of fell apart. Then there's the idea that it was actually formed 
formed in the sub sub-oceanic vents. Then there's an idea that it was uh, actually the opposite. It was film, uh, formed underneath frozen oceans. Then there's this idea that it came here from Martians, you know, from outer space, which only pushes the question off and says, well, how the hell did life form there? My point is, in modernity, we're told we're not, we're not special. We not, look, there's probably a zillion other of us. And my only point is, maybe that's true, but we have no evidence. We have no reason to believe that, is, that we're not special. This but, is my whole, my whole approach to this, is, you know, the philosopher Wittgenstein, who may have been an alien, yeah. said, of that which we cannot speak, we must remain silent. And the philosopher Clavin says, that which we don't know, we don't know. So all I would say is we now have information which we said nobody ha- had, and all the people who were conspiracy theories and it was zone whatever it was, 50, what is it, two in Nevada? Zone, no, Area, Area 51. Area 51. You know, we now have these pictures of things that are really interesting, really different, worth stopping for a minute and saying, gee, what is that? We don't know how life began. We don't know whether we are, in fact, this special thing that happened on this one planet or if this is something that would yeah, happen you- on any planet uh, uh, near you know, equally distant from a star. I, I read your piece that you wrote, which I found incredibly of- offensive and hateful. <laughs> uh, where you said, yeah, well, that's, th- yeah. there's, no, there's no reason the to believe that aliens exist, right? Yes. That was your... yeah, yeah, that's the headline. But you, you could easily flip that around and say there's exactly. absolutely no reason to believe they don't exactly. exist. When you, when you live in a universe with trillions and trillions and trillions of planets, and we have seen, we have visited none of them, and we've sent, <laughs> we've sent probes to a few, but we've, we've actually visited none of them. It is a probability thing. Right, but... We have no clue how life, we don't have any idea. There are going to be a lot of people well, we in the comments. But we do know. How? how? Well, we, you, you and I, we all know how, how life started. We man, don't know the exact... Man formed Adam out of clay? Right. We know God created it. I mean, that, 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 that might seem like a shortcut, but we all know that. So I actually think, so when you introduce God into the equation, which of course you have, you, you can't take him out, um, a lot of uh, believers think that this is a challenge to their faith and it just doesn't make any sense. How can you have intelligent civilizations? Well... I, I actually think that, that when, you, when, you, when you factor in God, which again, you must, it, it makes the probability higher because you, then, then there's a purpose. There's a purpose element. Like, are the, are there's the aliens a, fallen? Well, I don't know that. But, well, but mu- mu- there's mustn't, a purpose, they, mustn't they not be fallen? Why? For Christianity, I don't know why. Sense. I don't know no. the answer to that, but all I know is that there's no. a purpose why? for all these why? billions why? of galaxies. Well, here, here's why. Because the Christian idea is that there's a Godhead. It's Trinity, Father, Son, and the lo- bond of love between the Father and Son, right. which is the Holy Spirit. The Son saves mankind by taking on human nature and dies on the cross and is resurrected three days later, right? Ascends up into heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Is he, so he's fully human and fully God and also fully well, Martian? We don't, even know, we don't even know whether Martians are, are exactly yeah, I, like us or not. I agree with what you are saying, and it's a burden of proof question, obviously. Is the burden of proof on the people who are trying to provide the idea that aliens exist, or is the burden of proof on the people who are saying that aliens don't exist? But that doesn't change the balance of the evidence, which is that we have no idea, right? And so we're all saying the same thing. We have no idea. Right. What I think is that the likelihood that aliens not only exist, but have been floating around the planet in what seem to be bizarrely bird-like shapes (laughs) and and also seem to conflate with optical illusions that we have seen before suggests (laughs) to me that because human beings have a very long time of When have you ever seen a a tic-tac bird? Tell me that. I don't know, but it doesn't seem to me that the most plausible explanation but for that. Four people saw the Tic Tac. But this, but this, okay. re, but this reminds me. And, and reminds me from of, far away, it might look like a Tic Tac. I mean, like just because things refract off surfaces of clouds differently. Here, here's my position on it: the burden of proof is on people who want to say that there are yes. aliens, yes. not on people who say that there aren't. You never. The burden of proof is never on a person who is maintaining the status quo or who is maintaining 
what we know. Oh, I don't. The idea, the idea <laughs> of aliens, yeah. the idea of aliens, is a novel concept rooted in fiction. The only reason we even ask ourselves is that extraterrestrial life. Two hundred years ago, that would no one would have. You could have seen it in the sky, and your thought wouldn't have been, "Is that extraterrestrial life?" Because that idea had not been broadly introduced into the American psyche. We have a frame of reference now, largely programmed in us by fiction, that causes us to see certain things and judge them according to that frame of reference. What is the Tic Tac? I don't know. What I know is that uh, our government is testing technology decades before we know about that technology. The first time we ever saw an F-117 stealth fighter, it was almost 20 years old before Americans even knew that that existed. It had been not only in existence, it had been flying around our country nonstop. There's a reason that the pilots you're referring to keep seeing these things in restricted airspace. Why in restricted airspace? Why is that airspace restricted? Because that's where we test things. That's where our government goes to test things. Also, you can't paint with a broad brush. Some of it may not even exist. You may be looking at something on one of these cameras, and that something is nothing. It's literally a nothing because these airplanes, their sensory mechanisms are programmatic. They're so software-driven now, and we're constantly updating and refining that software. It could literally be tracking something that doesn't even exist because of an update that happened to the firmware. But of all those theories, the least likely the is, least that, it is, likely is no, that it is from another planet. Yeah, no, the reason I don't agree with it. Because we know all those other things no, exist you know, that you just said. Like, this is like ghosts. You know, Whenever I have more than 10 people in a room, I always ask, has anybody seen a ghost? Always, always, never fails. Somebody has seen a ghost. You know, I, I, And I think the same thing is true here. The fiction that you're talking about is extrapolative fiction. It's, it's people extrapolating from life on Earth to life on other planets. That's not illogical. You can't say that what I just said, which is that the least likely of all of those options is that it's extraterrestrial life. You can't say that I'm wrong about that. Of course, the least likely explanation is that it's extraterrestrial life. No, I, I, life. I, think, I think... Definitionally, I would say it's even more likely that it's a time machine. No, because, no, I don't agree with that. But, but it's but, at least as but, likely but, but, that it's a time machine. No, the thing is, it's an alien. There's, there's, far more likely thing that, that it's a is saying, The thing that Knowles is saying about probability is right in the sense that we have no idea. We have no idea how to calculate the probability. And that's why we need to yeah. know. But, it's this is not true. The probability of seeing something and not understanding what it is, every human has that happen all oh, the that, time. That, the theory yeah. that a software glitch happens in no, military point. hardware that's being updated happens all the time. I'm not even saying there aren't aliens. I'm not saying we didn't see an alien. If we saw an alien, it's one single instance of these things. This is another thing. When we talk about are they aliens, every one of them's different. It, it is genuinely true that we don't know how life began and we don't know how special it is on Earth. And any, so we have no way of calculating the probability. But if you start with a theory that things happen physically basically the same way, then it's very probable that there's life on other planets. It's also probable that some of it is more advanced than ours. And, and it could be here. Be, because we don't know, we literally don't know. We don't yeah, know yeah. how probable. But, well, hold on. But what is, the, what is the probability that birds exist? 100%. What is the probability that chemtrails and lizard people exist? That's 100%. That's 100%. And the frogs are yeah, the frogs, yeah. They literally, they actually is, are This is the thing. Is it possible <laughs> that there are aliens? I, I doubt. I think it is possible. I think it is incredibly unlikely. I base this on the yeah. fact that we've picked up no radio signals from space. I base this on the possibility that we don't have anything, that the best thing that anybody can come up with to tell me that aliens did, aliens with so much sophistication that they were able to traverse uh, interstellar space is that they came here a long time ago and stacked rocks on top of rocks in the Sahara. <laughs> That's crazy. 
the very fact that we don't commonly encounter aliens and we do commonly encounter myriad other things that this could be means that the most likely answer to every one of these individual things no, 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 is I that it has... I, I actually, so you're I, actually, saying there's a chance. All, all I'm saying is we have no way of calculating the probability. Isn't the probability tied to the number of, of alien civilizations in the universe? No. Don't you need to no, know it that? Isn't. No, you don't. Well, because if you there are zero, then... <laughs> if it's zero, then that would be an answer. Right. But we'll never know if it's right. zero. But okay. if there are and a billion... Above zero, any number above zero actually doesn't factor into our equation at all. I guess I, I don't, I don't see how that could It doesn't factor be. into our equation. There's but you're not asking look, what the probability look, that aliens say, exist is. You you're asking say. me what the probability that things being observed on gun cameras by American pilots are aliens. Even if there were to be alien civilizations, you then have to multiply that by the probability that those alien civilizations are sophisticated enough uh, to yeah. build technological spacecraft. Multiply by the probability that millions of years ago, literally millions of years ago, they launched these spacecraft to reach... Not necessarily. I mean, they, we don't know. Have, we don't know what. what well, if they, they can, if, if you believe that the laws of physics hold, they're not traveling faster than the speed of light. But the, we, the, they could have a these are only the laws of physics we know. There is a far greater likelihood that the ghost of Donald Trump will run in twenty twenty four. No, there is a far <laughs> greater likelihood that ghosts exist because we know people exist. We know we're fairly certain that souls exist. We're, uh, we're fairly certain, at least I am, that angels and demons exist. So we're like we can sort of extrapolate from our own understanding of, of these things. But I don't know that E.T. exists, goodness gracious. And I, that's why I think it's a And we're not talking about the probability of whether or not life exists. You are a little bit, and yeah. I like your argument. Yeah. But I'm not actually talking about the probability yeah. that yeah. aliens exist. Yeah. I'm talking about the probability that when we see something on radar in an F-18, when a pilot says, I saw this thing happen and it moved up in a way that I've never seen before, and he's, he's obviously not crazy. Maybe he is crazy, but we don't know that. I mean, and it, and it came up in front of me and then it vanished. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's seen a an illusion, but... So would you agree that we would all agree if we know that there's no aliens out there in the universe, then the probability is zero for any of these yes. encounters? If we knew that, let's say, there was one uh, intelligent civilization per galaxy, that still makes 100 billion civilizations, but the chances of crossing a galaxy is very slow, very slim. But if we knew, for example, that there was an intelligent civilization in 20 of the 30 nearest stars to us, yeah. would you say that that makes the probability more likely that, that one of these unexplained situations is yes, alien in order? But by, but by so fine a margin that it's like saying that buying two lottery tickets makes you more likely mm. to win the lottery than buying one. Yep. It is true, as an absolute statement of fact, that you have twice as much of a chance of winning yeah. the lottery if you buy two tickets. But it is not true by any statistical actual reckoning. If I knew for a fact that there were aliens, if we had even heard radio transmissions from aliens, even Elon Musk says there's something wrong that the universe is so quiet. He, believe, he obviously believes in aliens. He says he thinks that there's something that happens that actually destroys civilizations before they can become... Fermi's paradox, I think it's called. Yeah. Before they can become interstellar travelers, or we would have been aware of them long before we saw them on a gun cam, because we're listening, we're looking, we observe, we watch the sky. Obviously, the things aren't invisible if our pilots are seeing them. In fact, in a funny way, our, our we're, ability to we're see capable, them actually... Yeah, we're capable of making aircraft that can't be seen by these same sensors yeah. that apparently the aliens who can travel interstellar space aren't capable of. So how, but how do you explain? It's more likely that America, and I don't think this is what it is either, but it's more likely that we're testing yeah. some sort of drone vehicle that can actually become invisible, that can refract light and cloak itself. I know that's more possible because yeah, it's yeah. possible and there are humans and we're making but things can, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, can we just use, I just want to go back to the TikTok. Let's use the Tic Tac example because yes. we have their four eyewitnesses up close. They observed it for five minutes Plus, we have radar data, plus we have video of all the same thing. That's yep. really compelling evidence that at least, so we know, 
Something was observed. Right. It was not a it was not a glitch or anything. It was there was a real thing that was there that they saw. So what are your theories on what that thing was? Well, I wouldn't begin to know what it was. As I said, they could have seen uh, It's literally called an unidentified flying it, object. There yeah. are unidentified no, flying it, objects. This is where we agree. I agree with you completely about this. I have no idea what it was. But the mo- but there are far <laughs> more likely scenarios than that it is extraterrestrial life, which we don't even know exists. Far more likely that these pilots observed some man-made, because we know there are men and they make things, craft operating in restricted zones where we know we test those kinds of crafts, hypersonic missiles that move at speeds we've never seen, drones that are capable of breaking uh, Gs that would have killed humans. Unpiloted vehicles can do things that piloted vehicles never could because piloted vehicles kill people if they make certain high-G maneuvers. I'm saying that any of those things are possible and more likely than what was observed was a flying tic-tac UFO, uh, flying tic-tac full of aliens. Does no one think it's like a little bit weird that the government and the mainstream media, which is in cahoots with the federal government, is just like all pushing this one story right now? Is that not? Is there so what you're saying? It's a, like a distraction, or it's a yeah, it's a, uh, a possi- po- I, very possibly enough. That's more. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if that's true, but it's more likely than that it's... <laughs> I, yeah. I find it very unlikely the government would use all this, all of a sudden decide to use well, UFOs you know, as a psyop. You know, there's very quickly a bunch of confirmation that the thing has happened. So say, for example, that you're a Native American living you know, in America before the settlers arrive, and suddenly you see a boat on the water. You've never seen a boat on the water before, right? This is a crazy thing. What is this thing? Sail. So you go and you tell all your friends, and your friends are like, that's crazy. That doesn't exist. Nobody's ever had anything like yeah. that. Okay, and then the next day, the boat arrives on the shore and a bunch of settlers get off and they're like, hey, now you've had some more confirmation. Okay, if the boat just went away, sure, it could have been a boat, but like usually that's not how things go. Usually within a fairly short period of time, and we've been talking about, as you say, these UFOs for like, what, 50 years, 60 years at this point? Yeah, they didn't go away. They're here, Ben. Where is, the, where is the cascade <laughs> that confirms your belief that they are here? Well, we're getting the cascade of information right you now. Just, you just ruined your own argument. And Ben did ruin his own argument, as did a lot of the panelists. They all spent a lot of time emphasizing what they did not know, which was a lot, and very little on what they did know, or perhaps more to the point, what they should have known, knowledge that could have easily been applied to the proposition. The first problem they encountered was they were all arguing to cross purposes because there were several different and distinct topics being discussed. One related to the identity of the tic-tac objects themselves. Another dealt with the possibility of extraterrestrial life on other planets. And yet another concerned not just life on other planets, but some form of intelligent life. These are all distinct and separate propositions, impossible to address if you're trying to mix them into a single discussion. So let's begin with the most basic question. Does alien life, that is extraterrestrial life, actually exist? And the first thing to do is you have to define what that means. Extraterrestrial life, it seems to me, and in the context of this discussion, is any life that exists anywhere else in the universe, excluding planet Earth. So, using that definition, and recognizing that we do not, in fact, have at our disposal anything that could be regarded as Exhibit A, you know, Exhibit Alien in this case, then we're forced to rely on what we do know that might lead us to a rational conclusion. The next thing that you have to acknowledge is that, in entertaining the very question, does alien life exist, you're dealing with a binary question. The only possible answer is either yes or no. 
And like all binary options, there's no center or third option to choose, like, oh, I don't know, or maybe, or maybe not, or trying to cite any number of probability probabilities. Or worse, I can't say aliens exist, but I can't say they don't. Given the proposition, if you can't say they exist, then your conclusion is that they don't exist. Similarly, if you say that you can't say they don't exist, then your conclusion is that they do exist. And if you're saying you can't say either, then you shouldn't be in the conversation. I mean, think about it. You're asked to entertain and answer the question, do aliens exist, and you answer, I don't know. End of discussion. Remember, we're given the proposition. No one's able to prove or claim absolute knowledge about a subject where everyone agrees they have none. Nor is there any obligation to do so. The fact that we have never seen or encountered an alien does not prove that no such life exists, and it certainly doesn't prove that it does exist. So the only way to arrive at either conclusion, yes or no, is applying the knowledge that we do have at our disposal and to arrive at our conclusion based on that knowledge. So, for my own quick answer to the question, does extraterrestrial life exist? I would say without hesitation that my answer to that binary question is yes. Probabilities play no role in answering this question because there is no equation possible. Each of the binary possibilities, yes or no, demands a probability of 100%. Do I have proof? Can I point to an alien? No, of course not. But I have more than enough evidence to arrive at such a conclusion, namely terrestrial life right here on Earth and what we do know about the nature of the universe. For example, when I was a kid, I already knew that there were millions and billions of other planets out there in the universe, each circling their own suns, which we see as stars, even though I couldn't prove it. No one had as yet actually seen or located such a planet. But lo and behold, sure enough, eventually what we have been calling exoplanets have been discovered in the thousands by now. And so now we have the proof of something we already knew. How was that possible? because we applied the principles and knowledge of what we did understand, namely the existence of our own sun and planetary system, evidence. Michael Knowles would probably have argued that we had to fully understand how planets were formed before we could deduce that they exist, and that's a nonsensical argument being used as a cover for his irrational application of faith to this discussion. And I found it rather alarming that Michael Knowles argued that he hates the probability argument and that we need to understand how life originated that aliens even exist. We already know that life on Earth does exist, and we know that without knowing how it originated. Indeed, if knowing how life originated is a prerequisite to acknowledging that life and then admitting that we don't know how life originated, well, then you're not even in a position to demonstrate that any life exists here on Earth, are you? <laughs> and the fact that we know life exists on Earth means that the probability is 100%, irrespective of whether we know how it originated. Why he would think that the same principle would not hold true for the rest of the universe requires a leap of logic that ignores the empirical evidence in front of his eyes. And yet that was a case he's making. His blindly religious belief that we're special in the universe is outrageously out of place in this discussion to say nothing of the bizarre logic leading him to believe in ghosts. Because people exist, I know spirits exist, souls exist, angels and demons exist, but I don't know that E.T. exists. That is irrational. Which brings us to the other questions being entertained. 
Are extraterrestrial life forms visiting our planet? And or are the UFOs that have been witnessed over the years possibly being piloted by aliens? So to even entertain these questions, you have to work within the assumption that extraterrestrial life does exist. Otherwise, the questions are moot. But these questions are not binary. In fact, there are more than two possibilities. Yes, they could be advanced technology being conducted by governments. Yes, they could be alien craft. And yes, they could be some form of natural phenomenon that we have as yet been unable to identify. As with any circumstance involving an event, a single action or observation, proof is not possible because proof demands being able to repeat the event. Finally, just a couple of broader points I'd like to address. But if you want to see alien life, this planet Earth is teeming with it. If by alien we mean alien to human beings who breathe oxygen in an atmosphere of air, then we can cite thousands of examples of species of life that exist all over this planet, from the hottest and coldest depths of the ocean to the snow-bound and ever-frozen landscapes. All animal and plant life is alien to human beings, not to the planet, which is simply to cite one more instance of evidence in the broader case about life that is extraterrestrial. Another question that keeps coming up is, if aliens were here, how come we don't see them all over the place, and why aren't they reported in the news? Well, they are. Specialty programming has devoted entire programs and networks to these subjects. But we humans often don't believe our own eyes and ears until some official with authority acknowledges what we already know. It's the phenomenon of official recognition or official denial, or until the government says it's so, it ain't. And how ironic that we are now awaiting some kind of official statement from government officials, apparently the only sources of knowledge we trust for some reason. So what do I think the Tic Tacs are? Right now, I don't even want to attempt to answer such a question other than to acknowledge that they are something. Given what we heard earlier in the show, it seems to boil down to one of two possibilities. Based on what we heard in the Tucker Carlson and Glenn Beck interviews, it, quote, is not some secret U.S. technology, end quote. But based on the story about four patents being filed for the U.S. Navy regarding, quote, harvesting energy from the spinning of electromagnetic fields, end quote, that would suggest it is some kind of secret technology. So I have no way of predicting exactly what the Pentagon will release by the end of this month, but according to Tucker Carlson, at the beginning of the show, the Pentagon, quote, can't say UFOs are from a different solar system, but can't say they're not. They can't say they're from China or Russia, but they can't say they're not. And it doesn't sound like they can say much of anything, end quote. <laughs> well, if that's so, then what's the whole point of this exercise? And why before the end of this month? And of course, there's the really big question. Can we believe anything the government tells us, given its track record, particularly of late? Now there's a real mystery to be solved. Maybe that mystery will be solved over the coming weeks ahead, or maybe it won't. Either way, you are, as always, invited to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. To black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright Oh, I forgot. I haven't told you the news. What news? A signal. We're getting a signal. It's probably nothing, but I just thought I'd mention it. Aliens.
Oh God, aliens. Your explanation for anything slightly peculiar is aliens, isn't it? You lose your keys, it's aliens. A picture falls off the wall, it's aliens. That time we used up a whole bog roll in a day. You thought that was aliens as well. Well, we didn't use it all this time. Who did? Remember, aliens used our bog roll. <laughs> Just because they're aliens doesn't mean to say they don't have to visit the little boy's room. Although they, they probably do something weird and alien-esque, like it comes out of the top of their heads or something. Well, I wouldn't like to be stuck behind one in the cinema. 